0: On this episode of RevHang, Ben and I talk about the Formula One Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello everybody, and welcome back to RevHang. I'm Nathan, and alongside me virtually is my good friend and co-host, Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben?
1: Oh, pretty good. It's a little bittersweet. We got the last race of the season, but, you know, no crashes, and uh, get to go into exciting holidays ahead, so... Little bit of good, a little Absolutely.
0: bit of bad. Yep, it is that time of year. It is sadly the end of the Formula One season, but it was a very long season, and we had lots of races to look forward to, enjoy, and talk about. Uh, so I'm not too upset. It's a pretty short winter break. We've only got, I think, 93 days until the next Formula One race, which is. I think it was 97. 97? Yep. Yep. Uh, you you have watched the race more recently than I have, so.
1: <laughs> yep, I just finished watching it about
0: a half hour ago. <laughs> Perfect. Great timing. Yep. Um, I still don't remember yep. anything about it. <laughs> so 97 days until the next Formula One race. That means we get about 60 days until we start getting liveries, which is always exciting. That's when the season kicks off.
1: Really my favorite part and, of the year.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great. And then uh, around that same time, maybe about a week after liveries, we get preseason testing and uh cars back on track so it's really not that long of an off season but it always does feel long and arduous also because it's winter which just feels long and arduous on its own
1: yep you have to suffer through all the uh, crazy F1 rumors you get on the internet yeah people there's go always... crazy without actual racing happen so they start to speculate
0: yeah there's always some there's always seems to be at least one crazy rumor yeah over the over the off season remember after 21 that everyone thought lewis was going to retire yeah yeah that did not happen yeah and then there's Um,
1: the lewis to red bull and then there is the yeah
0: yeah well this is only sort of a formula one conspiracy theory podcast this is actually more like a racing podcast so let's
1: actually formula one podcast
0: (laughs) an actual formula one podcast so let's dive right into things that we do know for sure starting with some paddock news uh McLaren has renewed their contract with Mercedes as an engine supplier until twenty thirty, I believe it was.
1: Yep. So that's notable because it puts an end to the the rematch rumors between Honda and McLaren.
0: It does. Yeah, I don't think uh, McLaren was eager to jump back in that boat, even GP- though Honda's. <laughs> yeah, <GPT motor. laughs> yeah, GP two motor. Um, yeah, GP two. I think Honda solved a lot of their problems, but uh still uh kind of a scar there i think they don't want to uh bring back um and it doesn't seem like they want to take a risk on an audi engine like i know a lot of rumors were saying um and then uh cadillac possibly but i think they came in a little bit too late um but yes this does extend into the new regulations four years into the new regulations uh five seasons actually i think is how the math works out yeah yeah uh uh, so they are putting all their chips on mercedes and uh we'll see how that goes i mean mercedes always seems to make great engines but with the change in regulations anything can happen it's usually up to and, mclaren uh, to make them a little faster anyways right <laughs> exactly um so yep that's our engine supplier news we've also got pato Award, speaking of mclaren has been announced as mclaren's reserve driver for 2024 in formula one um so taking a step towards Formula One, not really what I was expecting from Pato. I think he uh, seemed like he wanted to focus more on IndyCar, but it's possible that Formula One is still on his radar. Uh, this seems like a step towards possibly if Lando or Piastri leave in the future, maybe he would like to be that replacement. That's, got, um,
1: that's a long game if he is playing that.
0: Well, that would honestly make sense to me because it sounds like he wants to stay in IndyCar for now, Mm -hmm. uh, win an IndyCar championship or at least get close. So as long as he can maintain his super license and be competitive, uh, I'd say maybe in three, four years when Lando's contract expires, when Oscar's contract expires, if one of them decide to move on, uh, he might be putting himself in a really good position to take that spot.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Do you think this opens up any possibility of him moving to another team after being a reserve driver for McLaren for a little bit? He might get picked Um, up, or is his contract pretty set, probably?
0: I would be surprised if he was able to ditch McLaren for another team. I think other teams have too many other options. Uh, McLaren seems like the only team that's really interested in IndyCar drivers at the moment. Um. I mean, if you look at Alpha Tower or Red Bull, they've got so many development drivers and uh, um, drivers that are coming up through the ranks in Formula Two and lower. I don't think they have any shortage of talent in their area already. Um, Alpha Romeo has very talented reserves like Teo Porcher. Uh Williams has a really strong driver academy. Very true. Um, I think all the teams are pretty much set, and then once you get to the upper echelons of the teams, they're really going to be picking the people that are already established, most likely. Uh, it'd be shocking for me to see Mercedes take on a rookie, or Ferrari, you know? Yeah, They're not going to take that risk. All right, I'll, so, I'll put my tinfoil hat away for now. Okay, Ben. <laughs> uh, we're approaching off-season, so you might want to keep that handy. mmm uh for some interesting spicy rumors <laughs> in the future, but we'll see. Um speaking of Teo Porcher and Alfermeo, uh he did win the Formula Two championship at Abu Dhabi this year. So Teo Porcher is now no longer eligible for Formula Two next year, which means if uh people want to keep him fresh, he will have to get a seat next season or just wait, like Oscar Piastri did.
1: I mean it turned out uh, pretty
0: well for Piastri. It did, and uh, we'll see what happens, but um, bring out that tinfoil hat again, Ben. <laughs> I told no. you to keep it handy. Uh, but with Logan Sargent's performance uh, this year and the end of the year not being super great, uh, with a very talented driver like Teo uh just going to be sitting there hoping for a seat, uh, I could see that being a possible path for him. Um I don't know how likely that is, but I know James Fowles was asked after the race about Logan Sargent's future, and he is, he said that he was not in a position to make any comments on Logan's future at this time. Interesting. Which does not sound like a... <laughs> no, usually it's, it's
1: confidence or nothing. Like, yes, yeah. he's going to be here, or if you get any other answer, then it probably means there's a little bit of doubt.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's not any news... Per se, but it's not good news, and I think that almost means it's bad news for <laughs> Sergeant. So, because um, I mean, even if you look a few a few weeks ago, when he was asked the same question, uh, James was saying that they want to keep Sergeant. They want they want to do everything they can to keep him in the team. They're confident in his ability, and they're going to do everything they can and set goals for him to make sure that happens. And now, after the season, now he's saying I can't make any statements on that topic
1: (laughs) yeah it's not very sneaky from going from adamant to we can't say obviously something's up
0: yeah so we'll see what happens um but yeah so that might have been logan Sargent's last formula one race which would be a real shame but at the same time uh you can't really say that if he does get dropped that it you know was undeserved it will um, not have been a surprise, at least. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good way to put it. I think I think he's a rookie, and I think you got to give him, if it were me, I would probably give him one more season. He did score a point this year.
1: Yeah, and he wasn't um, that far behind Albon for some of the races.
0: Some of the races. He was,
1: he was clearly able to keep pace without making some of the rookie mistakes, like track limits or crashing out because he was just stretching the car too far.
0: Yeah, he didn't crash as lo- as much as a lot of rookies do, which is a good thing. Um, yeah, Mick Schumacher even yeah, was pretty notable I, for that. Yes, I would not be surprised if he got dropped, but if it were me in that position at Williams, I would keep him for one more season, but I would make sure that the goals that we set are very strict and way higher than what he achieved this season. Uh, I want to see marked improvement, or I'm going to get somebody else.
1: Yep, yeah, like within a, a certain amount of time it was Albon or something like that.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. All right, that rounds off our paddock news for, well, probably not the final time. We'll probably have something going on postseason before our season wrap-up podcast, uh, but for the final time in the regular season. Uh, let's move on to qualifying the last one of the year. Um. Give you some context for the race. The top ten were Max Verstappen on pole, followed by Leclerc and Piastri. Fourth and fifth were Russell and Norris. Six through ten were Sonoda, Alonso, Hulkenberg, Perez, and Gasly. Sonoda had a great qualifying in P6.
1: Yeah, he's Good. he's way high up there.
0: Good to see from him. And Hulkenberg, yeah, last... too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sonoda's really improved in the last half season, I'd say. He's gotten a lot better. Yeah, especially these last four
1: races. It's been super noticeable to me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And part I think,
1: of they got car updates pretty recently, actually, didn't they?
0: They did. Yeah, the car has been updated. And I think also it's helped him having, um, I think, more competition alongside Ricardo. I think that's pushed him. And also, I think just having an experienced teammate in Ricardo. Mm-hmm. um to get advice from and stuff I think uh I think that's done a lot of wonders for Sonoda I still would say Ricardo is probably overall the better driver um but that has I'm not nearly as confident in that as I was even a few weeks ago
1: yeah yeah that definitely didn't show itself this race and granted there are some other problems but his, uh, yeah. his I- teammate was nowhere to be found
0: yeah yeah for sure um. Yeah, that was. There were some other circumstances that led to that, but at the same time, Sunada did out-qualify Ricardo by quite a lot.
1: Yep. We had another Sergio Perez uh, low qualifying, but didn't seem to affect him too much. I always see Sergio yep. Perez in ninth, and even especially nowadays, I'm like, ooh, that's that's pretty rough. But sometimes we forget that that's kind of that's almost his thing.
0: Yeah, bad qualifying and great race.
1: Yeah. Like the reverse
0: Haas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and then Lewis Hamilton qualified 11th. Uh, and then Carlos Sainz qualified all the way down in 16th. Um, pure pace. I mean, well, sort of. He did apparently have traffic on his lap, but after watching the onboard, I think he kind of milked that a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's really Um, got to hurt after kind of flubbing Vegas, too.
0: Yeah, he did not have a great end of the season, did Carlos? Yeah. Um, But anyway, let's move on to the race. Verstappen was able to maintain his lead on the start, but Leclerc did challenge him into turn one and turn six. He was unable to take the lead, though. On the first four laps, Norris moved up up to P3 from P5. On lap 11, Russell passed Piastri for P4. Norris had a slow pit stop on lap 15 promoting Russell to P3 on the same lap. Gasly locked up and Hamilton ran into the back of him damaging both cars. Uh not super bad though. Perez slowly made his way through the field throughout the race up to P5 by lap 28 and further beyond then. <laughs> uh on lap 47 Perez ran into Norris into turn 6 and received a 5-second penalty for avoidable contact. Um on that same lap, Hamilton passed Signs for P9 around the outside of Turn 9, and what was probably the best overtake of the race, uh, and it was it was pretty good, <laughs> I guess. Um, it's about as good so as it that, gets for Abu Dhabi. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Leclerc let Perez by to try and let him get a five second uh, get five seconds ahead of Russell, so Ferrari could take P2 in the championship. But it did not work. Uh, Perez was only about four seconds ahead of Russell by the end.
1: Yeah, that was a a pretty good risk I took on his part, given Perez's penalty. I mean, it was pretty much a a guaranteed second place no matter what.
0: Well, yeah. Um, A lot of people were saying, and I was saying while I was watching it at 6 a.m. in my groggy stupor, um, I was wondering why Leclerc didn't drop back and try to hold up Russell even more. But uh, then he made a good point in the cool-down room that it wouldn't have mattered. Like it, it, If it worked out, it, worked, it would have worked out perfectly, but if he did that, and then he also fell outside of the five seconds, then Mercedes would have won the championship as well if mm. Leclerc got P3. Um,
1: so he needed to come in P2 and somehow still have Russell coming further yeah. behind.
0: Yeah, and the margins were so fine, and when you're Actively trying to hold someone up. it's It would have been so hard for him to walk that rope that I think he made the right decision in the end. Yeah. um, Because, yeah, it would have been really hard to walk that line because Russell would have been right on Leclerc's tail. So it would have had to have been timed absolutely perfectly, which in that third sector in Abu Dhabi is not easy to do.
1: And definitely not in <laughs> uh, the last lap.
0: Yeah, for sure. And not when you have your race engineer who just refuses to be competent <laughs> youthful in any way <laughs> yeah uh yeah so i think he made the right decision unfortunately it did not uh end the way he had hoped um and so mercedes was able to take p2 in the championship all right let's go through the results real quick First place by a country mile was Max Verstappen. Uh, second and third were Leclerc and Russell. Fourth and fifth were Perez and Norris. Um, six through ten were Piastri, Alonso, Sunoda, Hamilton, and Stroll. Eleven through fifteen were Ricardo, Alcon, Gasly, Albon, and Hulkenberg. Sixteen and seventeen running off the finishers were Sergeant and Joe. And then we had three retirements all on the last lap. Uh, they all just drove into the pits. Nobody crashed. Uh, and they were Science, Bottas, and Magnuson. Ouch. Um, yeah. <laughs> One thing to note about this race, which I think is why it felt a lot more boring, even though, it, I mean, there were there were overtakes. Um, there was there were no safety cars, and I don't think there was a single yellow flag. Nope, there are no in-race uh, retirements, ever. No, there were, like, no crazy moments. It was just green flag racing. From start to finish. And uh, closest we
1: had was Ricardo getting a tear off in his brake duct.
0: That was as close as it got. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not the most exciting race. There were overtakes, but it was Abu Dhabi. So it was all DRS overtakes. Nothing too crazy into any of the corners. Um, which is what made it so hard to pick the overtake of the week. Yeah, you know what we really uh,
1: need to spice this race up is like a really controversial drivers' championship race.
0: Uh yeah. That would help. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's <laughs> with the state of social media, I don't think we can handle another one of those. <laughs> Couldn't survive. Uh especially not between Verstappen and Hamilton. Not again. Um yeah. I'm still still if you're just praising social media whether it's Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, anytime you see any comments regarding championships for and Hamilton, uh yeah. when they crash into each other, when something good happens to Red Bull, when something bad happens to Mercedes, y- you still see the twenty twenty one criers. <laughs> like it's They're well, everywhere. They persist. I do not understand. It's been two years now. Like, let it go. Let it go. <laughs> it's yep. It's it's getting really old. Um,
1: if you give it a couple more years, though, it'll turn back into a joke. So maybe we just have to
0: hold him out. Maybe. I mean, I'm in agreement with a lot of them that what happened in 2021 was not fair towards Hamilton. It was not, you know, how things should have gone in quotes. But at the same time. Uh, that's what happened and that's part of formula one history now and it's something that everybody will always remember uh not the first
1: like controversy and it definitely won't be the last so
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah (laughs) there are many moments like that in formula one history um that are even more egregious than what happened then and people have seemed to calm down so i'm hoping after 10-20 years people start to forget um like no one seems to remember or talk about the whole Prost and Senna incident in Brazil or I think it was Japan uh where Prost drove into Senna till they both DNF so Prost won the championship uh no one really talks about that anymore and I think that's arguably much worse than than what happened (laughs) yeah Yeah. so um And then Schumacher also did that. I forget what year. Um, But uh, anyway, I think it'll just take a few more years. People will hopefully forget. (laughs) Yep. Um, But we'll see. All right. Uh, Mercedes. I finished the standings, right? Yeah, the results. Yep. Okay. Uh, Mercedes got second in the Constructors' Championship after this race. It was a very close battle and was flipping back and forth all throughout the race, uh, which I think... What made a lot of that more interesting is that Hamilton and Science qualified so poorly. Um, unfortunately, Science was just so off the pace that he didn't really make it much more interesting.
1: Yeah, there's nothing Leclerc could do to uh, bring that up.
0: Yeah. Hamilton had damage for most of the race to his credit, but he also was not very fast. And even the whole weekend, he was not that fast. So I don't know what happened with Hamilton and Science this week but neither of them were particularly outstanding. Um, Yeah, Uh, the fight for P4 in the Drivers' Championship was wrapped up as well this week, and it was very close between uh, the four people fighting for it. Um, Going just briefly into the standings, which we'll go over in detail in a few minutes, Fernando Alonso and Charles Leclerc tied at 206 points, but Alonso... uh, Got more second places this year, so he wins on countback. Um so front takes P four, Leclerc P five, Lando Norris was one point behind them at two oh five in P six, and Carlos Sainz was at two hundred points in P seven.
1: That's a tight fight.
0: For sure. Yeah, so that could have gone any any sort of way. Uh Still, Fernando Alonso shockingly taking P4 in the championship is absolutely insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, it make, again, it makes you realize, just like we were talking about last time, just how long this season has been. And you have to remember yeah. that Aston Martin dominated most of that first half of the season.
0: This is true, yeah.
1: So they just got such an incredible head start, and then they kind of just started to pick it back up at the end.
0: Yeah, in the last couple races, they were a lot better. A reverse McLaren, if you will. Yeah, the reverse McLaren. Well, sort of. McLaren never really dropped off. They just had a bad Vegas, but their car was good in Vegas. They just had a bad week. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then the car was really fast this week as well. Um, But yeah, so let's talk about the Ferrari strategist okay. real quick. <laughs> uh, mm, what
1: what Ferrari for? I don't know. What Ferrari
0: strategists. Exactly. Legend has it that they're still on the pit while waiting for that safety car to come out. <laughs> um Carlos Sainz was left out to dry on his second set of hard tires for the race, and they were waiting for a safety car to come out to put him in on softs or mediums. Uh it never came, and so they brought him in like two laps from the end of the race and retired the car. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> one and the one race where there's no safety cars, the Ferrari strategists were just waiting for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was rough. Not not fun to see from, uh, from Ferrari there, and then just no communication with Claire on what's going on behind him. Um, and then they didn't even let him do burnouts after the race. They told him not to, which I I think everyone's speculating it's because of the fuel load in the car. And if he did burnouts, it might have gone below the one liter required, um, and he would have been disqualified. Which I guess I get, but That's when you in the hairs though, right? And when you've already secured P three in the championship, if Leclerc DNF'd that race because of that, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. The only thing that would have changed is Leclerc probably would have finished seventh in the championship rather than fifth, um, behind his teammate. So I guess there is that. <laughs> uh. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of a, it looks so bad after Ferrari drops the ball, they finish third behind Mercedes, and then they won't even let their driver do donuts at the end of the race. <laughs> it's, uh, it was just so rough. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think Leclerc is starting to get a little fed up with Ferrari. If I were to guess, uh, I certainly would um they've just screwed him over so many times that it's uh it's yeah (laughs) um so we'll see what Leclerc does I think he's under contract until the end of next season uh so we'll see what happens then I think next season silly season is going to be absolutely insane that's what I'm excited for
1: hey don't we have an episode where we talk about that a lot
0: uh we do Uh, I believe wasn't did we talk about it in the mid-season review it might have been a
1: mid-season review, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so but if a good you want to hear crazy
1: that. conspiracy theories, that well, some of them haven't really panned out like we expected them to, but some of them might still happen.
0: This is this is true um for twenty twenty-five. That is, yeah. Also, stay tuned throughout the off-season. I'm sure in early February, uh, it's usually the week they do the livery reveal is when we do our preseason podcast. Uh. When that comes out, uh, we will be all over all of our predictions for the silly season uh, for that coming year, uh, like we did this year, and this next episode after this one, we will be talking about how horrible our silly season predictions went for this year. But um, the only thing
1: that matters is if we got better than last year.
0: <laughs> which I honestly don't think it did. <laughs> well, actually, last year's was insane, so it probably did, actually, but... yeah. Uh, I don't remember for sure. I'm excited to go back and look at all of our predictions. We at least but, got
1: Verstappen right every race. So like it's, there's it's plus true. one point every year.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or every week. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to go back and look at everything. See, see how we did. But uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Verstappen, after this race, has gotten uh, himself to third on the all-time win list in Formula One. You know, I think, was, I think it was 54 wins that he has total, uh, passing Sebastian Vettel with 53. Um, so now he's only behind Schumacher and Hamilton on the wow. all-time win list, which is pretty wild considering, I'd say, at least 90% of his wins have come in the last three seasons.
1: Yeah, that's um, crazy dense. How many yeah. wins does Hamilton
0: have? Uh, I think it's 103, 102, 103, somewhere in there.
1: Oh, so Verstappen's got it before engine changes happen.
0: Um, I think he has to... Yeah, I think there's three seasons. If he if he does what he did this season over the next three seasons, he'll break the record. Yeah. Uh, But he's not even, because I think he's, what, he's only 50, less than 50 wins behind Hamilton. And we've got he's 23, 24 behind. race. Is that it? Yeah, 49. Yeah. So with 23, 24 race seasons, that's two seasons and change. So if he wins more than half of the races in each of the next three seasons, uh, he's pretty much got it. And I could easily see that happening. Yeah. Um, so well, that will be an interesting stat to watch. Um, also, he's starting to run out of those. <laughs> yeah, Staps records to break. break. Yeah. yeah, he's broken most of them this season. Um, but, uh, he, he, he hit, a uh, thousand laps led in one season at this race, which is crazy. Um, what else, what else? I just had it. Oh, this season was the first season since like 1956 without the British Grand Prix being played on the podium or the British, British Grand Prix, the British national anthem being played on the podium at all. Really? Uh, didn't have a single British constructor win and we didn't have a single British driver win. The only person that won outside of Red Bull was Carlos Sainz. So we got the Spanish National Anthem and the Italian National Anthem, the Mexican National Anthem, the Austrian National Anthem, and, of course, the Dutch National Anthem many times.
1: You know, I guess that does explain why I've been hearing the Dutch National Anthem in my uh, dreams.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've got the whole thing pretty much memorized now. Yeah, I didn't
1: even realize it, but tonight as they were playing it, I was humming along, and I was like, "What the heck?" is going
0: on? <laughs> Yeah, you're humming along with the Dutch <laughs> national anthem. Know it better than normal. the Star Spangled Banner now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um yep. Yeah, and this is also Red Bull's first one-two in a drivers' championship ever. So, congrats and to that them. Feels on that feels weird. That does feel very strange. Uh, it's crazy to me that in their area of dominance, back twenty ten to twenty thirteen, they didn't have a one two. Mark Webber never got second place from Vettel one. Yeah, uh, which is crazy, but that's that's how it worked, and that was <laughs> those several of those years were years where Fernando Alonso missed out on the championship by like two points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which can, is,
1: that really contrasts and shows how weird the Mercedes era was, where they had both drivers one two almost yeah. every race right and almost every constructors right i think so yeah
0: yeah um yeah it was it's pretty cool that red bull got their first one too i it's it's a weird it feels weird that that hasn't happened um but uh yeah and then this was one of two uh one two in a race so like this is the first race since bahrain we've had verstappen and perez as the top two. Really? Yep. Wow. That's yeah. weird. So we've only had two races this whole year. Where Verstappen and Perez... Oh, no, this wasn't a 1-2 for Perez, sorry. I was thinking... I was... Oh, yeah, because he got a penalty. I was sitting here standing, oh, staring at the standings. Uh, Bahrain was the only Red Bull 1-2 this year. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's
1: even weirder, almost.
0: Yep. <clears throat> what is my throat doing? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry this you need to hydrate be... yeah I am hydrating I'm trying Um, but uh, yeah so all of those crazy stats uh, let's go through the standings real quick and since it is the last race of the season and these are finalized we'll go through all of them uh, Ben do you want to take this away so I can <laughs> get my throat fixed
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, final driver standings yeah alright yeah. So, as we all know already, and has been evident for a while, we have Max Verstappen in first with 575 points. After that, we have Perez, who locked in second place after the last race with 285. In third, we have Lewis Hamilton, who locked in his place with 234 points. Fourth place, we have Fernando Alonso, just beating out Leclerc on wins alone. They're both tied for 206 points. In 6th place, we have Lando Norris, He's one point behind, 205. No first places for him, but plenty of podiums. We got Carlos Sainz in 7th with 200 points, really close to that entire pack. Just barely missing out, especially after this race. In 8th, we have George Russell with 175 points. Oscar Piastri is in ninth with 97. He caught up real quick after the uh, summer break in the McLaren upgrades in 10th, we have Lance Stroll rounding out the so-called points finishes of the driver's standings with 74 points. We have Pierre Gasly and Esteban Ocon stacking up for Alpine at 62 and 58 points respectively. That was a pretty close race between them today. Uh, We had Albon with 27 points in 13th place and Yuki Tsunoda in 14th place with 17 points. We have Valtteri Botas in t- 15th place, sorry, with 10 points. Nico Hülkenberg is in 16th with 9. Danny Ricardo and Guan Yu Zhou both have 6 points in 17th and 18th. We have Kevin Magnussen with 3 points in 19th. Log out of the What's Lawson's first name? Liam. Liam. Yeah. Liam Lawson is in 20th place with 2 points. Just barely beating out Sargent for that actual standing places uh Logan Sargent is in 21st place with one point and Nick DeVries is the honorable uh much venerable spot left behind by Nicholas at by having zero points outside of the top 20 drivers
0: yeah yeah seeing Sargent below Lawson is uh it's a tough pill to swallow (laughs) yeah that's pretty rough yeah um all right Ben do you want to do the Constructors while you're at it. I would love it. to. I'm on a roll.
1: Yeah, so you're we have <laughs> Red Bull racing with a whopping 860 points. Really, uh, maximized that this year. I wonder if a thousand points is going to be possible at some point. But it will be.
0: I sure hope not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll give it a few years. Yeah. We have Mercedes in second with 409. They beat out Ferrari today by three points. Ferrari had 406. McLaren is over 100 points behind with 302 they made a very honorable effort to try to catch up the second part of the season In fifth we have aston martin 280. they did the opposite they did great at the start and really tailed off towards the end we have alpine in sixth with the 120 and then we go down to the double digits with williams with 28 points in seventh Alpha is in eighth with 25 ninth is Alpha mayo with 16 and haas once again rounding out the 10 with 12 points
0: yep such a shame Haas was like in seventh place for a good chunk of the season oh man and in 2022 everybody was like yeah Haas could Haas could be a solid midfield team and then (laughs) nothing ever happened yep such a shame Uh, I think it's time for a team principal swap but we'll get into that in our season review podcast yeah Uh, we will have many thoughts and opinions in that one yeah for sure all right Pit stop Championship, I will take over now. Uh for the yeah, final now my time. voice is
1: sore. I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of talking. Um, yeah. Uh alright. Pit stop championship. Uh for this race, Ferrari and Carlos Sainz took the top spot with a time of two point one six seconds. Um, both McLaren's were second and third with times matched at two point two two seconds. That's pretty interesting.
1: That's pretty good. McLaren's really picked up the ball on their pit stops.
0: They are very, very good at pit stops now. Uh, probably, let's see, I was going to say probably second to Red Bull. Uh, not quite. Uh, there was a, a points chart that could tell us. If only there was, and there is, and they are third <laughs> behind Ferrari, uh, which is kind of surprising. But uh, I think McLaren has picked up their pace in the second half of the season overall, including pit stops.
1: A brand new team.
0: Yeah, Um, alright, so Perez got P4, uh, followed by Verstappen and P5, we got a red bull block there, 6th place was Ricardo, 7th was Leclerc, 8th was Sunoda. Ninth was Alonso, and 10th running off the points was Ocon. Going through the standings real quick, Um, it's the end of the season, so we'll go through all of them. In first place was Sergio Perez for Red Bull, just like last year, with 332 points. Second place was Lando Norris at 249 points, barely edging out Leclerc at 245 points in third place. Carlos Sainz had 219 points. Verstappen had 211. Then we dropped down to Piastri in sixth with 169. Sonoda in 7th with... I got these positions wrong again. Sonoda <laughs> uh, was in 7th with 144. Uh, then Aukon with 109. Stroll with 85. Gasly with 82. Alonso with 60. Russell with 55. Ricardo with 45. Hamilton with 42. DeVries with 36. Uh, Sargent with 31. Lawson with 30. Zhou with 23, Bottas with 17, also Albon with 17, Magnussen with 10, and Hülkenberg with 4. So DeVries did actually not too bad if you're looking at the pit stop championship.
1: Wow, <laughs> yeah. If you took away pit stop from the start of that, that would be an absolute crazy alternate dimension race standings.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also... Alpha AlphaTauri with four different drivers in the Pit Stop Championship this year. (laughs) Uh, And what a great point spread, too. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. real. Um, Tsunoda was the only one that was in all of the races, and he, (laughs) good for him, finished first out of all of those drivers. Well, you know, he's had a
1: lot more opportunities.
0: Yeah, fair. (laughs) Um, All right, now we'll go through the Constructors' Pit Stop Championship. In first place by a country mile is Red Bull winning by, it looks like, 79 points uh, with 543. Second place is Ferrari with 464. McLaren is in third with 418. Alfa Tauri is in fourth with 255. Alpine fifth with 191. Aston Martin sixth with 145. Mercedes in seventh with 97. Williams in eighth with 48. Alfa Romeo in ninth with 40. And Haas in last with only 14 points. Which in the pit stop championship is horrific. Absolutely
1: horrific. More than what they scored in the actual season.
0: Is it? Is it really? Yeah, by two points. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yes, but uh, Haas needs a better pit crew. I am sorry, but in the pit stop championship, you should be scoring points. Way more than you should in the regular championship.
1: (laughs) At least if you're a lower team, if you're a lower team, the The spread should be way overinflated.
0: Yeah, I should say the spread. The spread should be way lower. It should be a lot closer to equal for all teams. Yeah. Um, a lot shorter tails on that bell curve. There you uh, go. There's some statistics. Exactly. I know. I knew I would get you with that one, Ben. Um, (laughs) I can't help it. I should actually do I should normalize this and put I will I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna put some oh put gosh. some nice, nice non bell curves on the on the review podcast. <laughs> um alright. Uh overtake of the week went to Lewis Hamilton for his overtake on Carlos Sainz on lap forty seven of the race. This is the one where he went around the outside of turn nine. Uh pretty impressive. Um Really the most impressive overtake of the race. I hadn't seen anything from any other series that was super crazy this week. Racing is pretty much done throughout the world. Um, so, <laughs> that's what we get. <laughs> yep. Uh, nothing too crazy. Definitely not going to challenge for overtake of the year.
1: No, not even close.
0: Um, Alright, now let's go into our final weekly prediction segment. We have nothing for next week because there is no next week. So, next this week last is in 97 days. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we will do our prediction for that race in the preseason podcast uh, next year. The first episode of season three of Rev Hang. Can't oh. believe we've already done two seasons of this, Ben. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: It, although, at some points, like it feels like we've been doing this for a while, but at the same time, it feels like we haven't been doing this for very long at all.
0: Exactly. It feels like we've been doing it for a while, but it doesn't feel like we've made over 50 episodes of this.
1: That is quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, we've got over 50 hours of of us talking into the internet. That's uh, enough to go to Michigan. You can drive yeah. all the way to
1: Michigan from Oregon
0: yep. and not if anyone,
1: listen to a single repeated podcast. <laughs>
0: there you go. If anyone does that, if anyone takes a road trip to Michigan and listens to all two seasons of Rev Hang start to finish... Please let me know and I will make you a t-shirt. <laughs> I I am not even joking. If you listen to all of our episodes on a road trip from start to finish and can somehow prove it, <laughs> document it. You get to uh, hear my microphone quality like gradually increase yeah. as you go along. If you can figure out a way to document it and prove it. Uh, and it is before... November 26th, 2024. Because if this somehow explodes and this, like, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, if it is before one year from now, uh, and you do a road trip, document it, and you listen to it, the entire first two seasons of Red Thing, I will personally make you a t shirt and send it to you. Incredible. All right. We got stakes now, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Send us a 50 hour video of you listening to it. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, Anyway, going into our predictions (laughs) Uh, for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix of 2023. Let's remind everybody of the top five. It was Verstappen, Leclerc, Russell, Perez, and Norris. Give me, for the final time, your predictions, Ben. All right, so we did have Verstappen in first. It's not cheating, it's just
1: how it works. Uh, We had Norris (laughs) in second. That did not work out. Perez in third. It was worth a shot. Science in fourth was just completely out of... No, that didn't happen. And Hamilton in fifth, which was also quite disappointing. Stroll... Shoot, I completely forgot about Stroll. Where
0: where was he? I think tenth, I want to say.
1: Hey, he got a point. Let's go.
0: Let's go. (laughs) All right. Uh, I had Verstappen in first. Uh, Again, not cheating. That's just how it goes. Uh, Second place, I had Hamilton. Third was Norris. Uh, Fourth, I had Russell with one L (laughs) at the end. Evil Russell. (laughs) Gotta love those. Typo City. Uh, Five, I had Leclerc, and my dark horse was Alonzo, and that did not work out. I mean, he did better than
1: Stroll, right?
0: Did he? I I can't remember. This race was seventh. seventh. So close. Um... All right, so both of us only got Verstappen in our top yeah. five prediction. Um, let's move on to the fastest lap, which went to Verstappen. What would you say, Ben? I put Verstappen. There you go. Uh, it worked out. Usually, it's it seems like Verstappen has not gotten a lot of fastest laps this year, contrary to what you would expect.
1: Yeah, you know, weirdly enough, after he won the championship, he didn't seem quite as concerned with the points as usual.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's weird how that works. Still wanted the wins, didn't really care about the points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Hamilton uh, was my prediction. That didn- definitely did not happen. No. Um, all right. And driver of the day went to Yuki Tsunoda, uh, of all people. Deservedly so. He had a pretty good race.
1: He had a great race. Yeah. Uh, Perez had a... I mean, he finished technically second. So, like, he had a decent race.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd say he had a decent race.
0: Yep. And that was your prediction? Yep. It was Perez and I had Lando Norris who uh, also had a pretty good race, but nothing spectacular. So,
1: Yeah, he started out really strong.
0: Yep. All right, that rounds off our final prediction summary for this year, and we will compile all of the beautiful data together and have I Know Ben's favorite podcast of the year where we go over all of the statistics. Yep, we
1: will describe all the beautiful colors to you.
0: Yes, so many charts. Uh, All right, and uh, let's go into our final... Uh, uh, nope, we're going to have one next week, too, or two weeks from now, or whenever the season wrap-up podcast is. So for the final time in the regular season, Ben... There we go. Give us some words of wisdom. Not your words of wisdom, by the way. No, it's a special, special edition.
1: It's Ben's fiancé's words of wisdom. Emily's words of wisdom, if you will. That is to hydrate, even though it's cold outside. Because... And I didn't think about this, but it's true. When it's, I mean, obviously, you're always like, oh, it's so hot. It's, I'm thirsty. But when it's cold outside, you, you still need water, but you forget about it a lot more often. So you, you can often find yourself dehydrated, even though you don't feel dehydrated nearly as soon when you're doing physical activity outside because it's cold and you, you're not sweating. So make sure you, you keep drinking water, even though it's getting a little chilly outside and it, it'll help stave off colds and just keep you healthy.
0: Good stuff, Ben. Always good to drink water. Um, and uh, that wraps all, rounds off the last normal episode of Season 2 of Rev Hang. Uh, thank you everybody so much for listening to this season. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a like or a rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of... Well, there is no upcoming racing from all sorts of different series, so if you would like to see the calendar of what happened this year... <laughs> Check out our website revhang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag revhangpodcast, and we may feature your question on the next and final show of the series or season. <laughs> um, you can also follow Ben on Instagram at benji meets World and myself at two n underscore squared. You can follow the revhang page at revhangmedia. We'll be back in a few weeks to talk about our season review. And go over all of the beautiful statistics. I absolutely nailed this outro. I don't want to hear about it. Um, Until then, I have been Nathan.
1: And I've been. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See you later.